Hey there, I'm Brian. And I'm David. And we are the Cloud Whisperers. So, Brian, what you been up to lately? So, we've been traveling to Houston every okay. week, involved in a cross-forest, cross-tenant migration. So, a company acquired another company that already has a hybrid Skype, hybrid mm-hmm. exchange, hybrid SharePoint. Oh, wow. So, we're going through and migrating the on-premises objects from one forest to another, from the, an AD side, yeah. From the child to the parent forest. Okay. Or, you know, to the acquired, you know, forest yep. to the, the, uh, the parent. And then now we're also doing all the workloads, moving mm. them over cross-tenant. So That does sound like fun. It's, a, it's you know, it's, it's a challenge in that back in the day when we were doing migrations on-premises, you really only had to worry about two accounts per user. Yep. Now it's four. Yeah. Right? In this scenario, it's, it's four accounts. So... Uh, we have to think about things a little bit differently. Um, the way that I put it to the customer is we really need all of these workloads to go at the same time because they're designed to work together. Yeah. You can't leave Skype behind and yeah. have share, yeah. and have Exchange over here because if you do that, then you know you risk breaking voicemail or you know, something. This sounds like an excellent topic for a future podcast. We're gonna have to write. We're gonna have to write this one down. Yes. And maybe maybe uh, next week, or week after next, when we get back together again, we should go <laughs> ahead and do this as a as a full podcast. Because I have a feeling there's a lot of really cool information for people to know about inside of it. That's right. So I've been working with a client um, uh, doing a modern workplace assessment, and so we're kicking off a new project with them where we're going in and we're going to be talking to them about all of the tools that they have. Yeah. Um, all of the tools that they could have, and then uh, work with the end users to figure out what what should that workplace look like for them going forward. You know, what what kind of tools should they be using? How are they going to get How are they going to get their work done in a secure manner, but still be able to be as productive as possible? Right. That whole concept of balancing security and productivity that we've always been talking it's, about. It's, it's yeah. an awful lot of fun, and, and yeah. uh, you know, we're going to learn a lot out of that as, as well. So, looking forward to that. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. So I guess today our uh, topic is is really around intranets, and we kind of get a different spin on this today, right? It's a, it's a little bit different. I guess the first question I want to ask is, is it really time to upgrade your intranet? I mean, is it time to take that intranet that you had designed, mm-hmm. spent so much time in, in, and had a consulting company come in or did it internally? You have all those users going to that page. Is it time to upgrade that internet? Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the things that you have to think about there is the amount of time and effort that goes into actually designing a top-notch intranet. Uh, if you look at the uh, the Nielsen-Norman report of best intranets every year, some of the things that have been very fascinating about that is that the, the average project to build a top intranet is about 18 months in duration. That's crazy. Right? That's and it. And, and, and the cost is well north of a million, million and a half dollars. Right. Now, that's, that's, that's adding in all of the costs. It's not just your right. consulting costs, but it's your cost of licensing and hardware and training and people. Strategies to get people to go there. Exactly. Yeah. All that stuff together um, costs a lot of money and takes a long time because building intranets correctly is actually a very complex and difficult project. Sure. Uh, the problem has been that people tend to run those projects and because they're so expensive and they take so long, 
once they're done, they just kind of go, whew, I am so glad that's over. I am not going to think about that for as long yeah. as I can. They don't right? update it. They just kind of let it sit there. No, they update the content. Right. right? Add but, links here and but there. But they don't necessarily update the design. Sure. Right? And a lot of times what also has happened is that we've built an internet that's primarily focused on messaging and news. And we get that done, and that's kind yeah. of the hardest part. And we don't ever really realize the full value of the internet in, in getting a bunch of other, getting work done, okay? Um, so in the past, companies would wait until their version of SharePoint, because it's almost always SharePoint, had gone out of support, right? Sure. And so, hey, our, you know, Moss 2007 is out of support now, and, I'm not, and, and I could be vulnerable to an attack. Uh, let me go ahead and upgrade, and I'll go to, to SharePoint 2013 or 2016. So usually it was a a two-version or even a three-version jump in those kind of situations. As you move into Office 365, even as you stay on-premise or in a hybridized environment with SharePoint 2016, that burning platform is going to go away. Once you're in Office 365, you're never upgrading again. That's right. Even your on-premise upgrades are really more like product updates as opposed to full-fledged, massive projects where you have to spin up brand-new hardware and do things like that. So that impetus to redesign and do all that stuff has gone away. And that means we really need to think about how our intranet works and how we upgrade it differently. But really begs and asks another question that I think is fundamentally even more important on if you should upgrade your intranet. And that question is, what is your intranet or what should your intranet actually be? Sure. Now, traditionally, our intranet has been, we think of it as a SharePoint site, right? right. It's a homepage. It's got corporate news. It's got quick links. It's got top-down so, communication. Top-down communication. We usually then build departmental front porches, right? Sure. Uh, or divisional front porches where the HR department or the accounting department or IT has got information that they're really trying to get out to the entire organization, right? Okay. But it's not really a place where people get any real work done, right? So when there's not really you, a lot of collaboration. That, that, that's true. There's not a lot. Of, there's a lot. There's a lot of communication, but it's one directional communication, right? And it's not real time, and it's not real time often. But it's the thing that says, "Hey," and by the way, this is important. I need to know how to find out what dentist I can go to. I need to find out how to make a change to my health benefits. Yeah. I need to find out, you know, what's actually covered by different my, our, our employee benefits, or how do I do an expense report, or how do I do uh, how do I get an IT help desk change? Right. Sure. All of that is in the internet usually, right? And we're we're trying to make it self service, okay? Right. But it's not the day to day task. So what happens is you ask employees, the actual line employees that are out there doing things, and you ask them. How often do you go to the internet? And their response is usually one of two things. It's either I never go to the internet unless I absolutely positively have to, or they say I'm always in the internet because every time I open my browser, it takes me to the homepage. Right? But they're not really doing anything inside of the internet. So we end up with all of these. So so if you think of the internet, it becomes another silo inside of our organization. So if we're an SAP organization, right, or a PeopleSoft organization, or a CRM organization, well, that's our people are actually working. Those people are in that application all day long, okay? And they probably have Outlook open because everybody does. That's how they get emails and communicate, right? And then they may or may not have the internet open 
right? And they may or may not go there occasionally to get some information, okay? So essentially, it becomes yet another tool that the employee has to go look at occasionally. Yeah. And we wonder why we're not getting the adoption rates that we are and we're not getting the marketing throughput that we'd like to get in communications out of that internet. Now, I've been doing SharePoint since 2003. And even back then, the promise was, hey, look, we're going to build this intranet. We're going to build it in SharePoint. And we're going to bring in information from all these disparate systems. And we're going to give you, Brian, one pane of glass. Yeah, one dashboard view. One, you can go to this one place and you can do everything. And that didn't happen. Yeah. And it didn't happen primarily because SharePoint development, especially before 2013, was very difficult. Yeah. To actually write actual SharePoint code required people who were willing to work in the SharePoint object model, which is a small subset yeah. of the grand scheme of development. And you had a lot of developers who were like, I don't want to be constrained that way. I can't yeah. use Link to SQL. I can't, I can't use uh, you know, jQuery. I can't use all these cool JavaScript um, uh, frameworks, right? I have to do all this stuff. Oh, I hate it. I don't want to do it. So the end result expensive was, too. it was expensive yeah, because those expensive. because there, there weren't very many programmers who were willing to do that. Right. They could command a good salary. And they ended up being focused in on writing hero sliders and making the 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 news look better and doing roll-ups around yeah. there. We weren't actually building, we weren't taking the work and surfacing it in SharePoint. Okay? Yeah. So that promise... Well, we'd have to click two or three different places to go through. Correct, yeah. yeah. Well, well it, and that's true as well, is that I might have the homepage with news and I have someplace else I would go to, to like a departmental site. And what was the departmental site? It was a bunch of document libraries with yeah. a bunch of documents loaded. And search never worked all that well. And we couldn't, it was, it was frustrating. And so as a result, employees all said, oh, SharePoint's terrible. We don't like SharePoint, right? Yeah. What they didn't like was the fact that they, they really couldn't accomplish what they were trying to do. Yeah. Now, I think, I think right now we stand at a fascinating crossroads of technology. And... This idea of what an intranet is or what it should be is about to be completely and totally turned on its head because of the things that Microsoft and other organizations have done mm -hmm. to fundamentally change what we can do from a technology standpoint. Sure. So what we want to do is turn the intranet from a place that employees go into the place they already are. Right. So think of this as the difference between a pull and a push, Sure. right? The current internet is kind of a pull. I have to go there and pull data out of it. Pull data what out. if instead I could take the place the employee is already working and I could push the internet into that particular location? And I'm not saying application here. I'm actually saying location. Okay. So an example of this is, Let's take, let's take, for example, what we can do with Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. So if I think of a team, I could have a team that represents my core work group, okay? Yep. And we could have channels for the different areas that we're working inside of this core work group. And let's pretend, for example, that this is a project. Yeah, Catapult's a project-oriented company. We do projects, we do right? Projects all the time. So I've yeah. got a team that represents maybe the client, Okay. And then I have a channel for each project each we're project working on that, at, that, at that particular client. Well, when I go to that team, I can get general information about the client I can, in the conversation area. I could store documents that are tied to that as well, right? right? I could in a structured have, format. In a structured format, mm -hmm. right? I could have a OneNote 
with a section that, that lets me to all of this is very easy to do. Then when I have a particular project, I can create that channel. And once again, I have I have conversations about that particular project. Yeah. I have um, files devoted directly to that. But let's take this another step. What if I could take that general channel, right, for that client team, and I could put a tab in there that had the information from CRM about that particular customer. Now, I don't have a CRM license, right? We don't buy CRM licenses for everybody because it's expensive. But I can I can write code that talks to CRM. Right. There's a connector there already. Own, there's a connector there already. Yeah, we but can I, pull that information in. Exactly. So what I can do now is I can have the ability, for example, to display all the contacts for a particular customer. And I can have a contacts tab that's actually just fronting CRM's yeah. contacts and enabling me to go through and add, edit, update any contacts for that particular customer. Sure. So then, for example, you're out at a client, you meet a person that's brand new at the company, you mm-hmm. could go out to that tab inside the team of the project you're already working on, yeah. and you could go ahead and update CRM, right? So, And even without a license, right, we could get the information about when the opportunity is coming through, when it's closed, so we it, can actually... Exactly. We, we could use the office graph. Yeah. We could use the common data even service. Have enough, without even having a license in CRM. It, that's exactly what the common data service is designed to do, to let us let us front Dynamics 365 and then consume that in applications, in yeah. flow, in power apps. And by the way, these could be power apps. These could be HTML5 applications that you've already written. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, and here's one of the really cool aspects of that, right? It's contextual. I no longer have to go to CRM and find that that, that particular customer. It's already configured yes. to update yeah. that particular customer from the tab that I'm in. And so I don't have to context switch. I don't have to context switch to a different, uh, to, to find that person. And I also don't have to context switch by going to a different application with a different user interface. I now can live in that team and work in it either all the time, if that's the way that works, or like we are on multiple projects, right. I can pop between teams, and I'm siloing my communications, my collaboration, and my line of business work yeah. into one kind of one kind of wrapped up solution. And we can automate that entire process too. It's exactly, well, yes. Without a bunch of custom with, code. With the graph now, and we have flow actions, so example here might be going out and saying, hey, a project has started, CRM notes that, it can go out and actually find that team for that customer create and the create the channel automatically yeah. and then pre-configure out yeah. the tabs inside of there so that you as an end user, you just you get a notification that says, hey, Brian, welcome yeah. to the ABC project You're uh, for, for, for uh, XYZ client. Yep. You're going to be doing blah. And that could be actually in, and here's the real cool part, that can be in the actual channel itself. We can at mention you in the channel, right? And that lets you know, you get the notification, right? And it also lets everybody else know that you've been brought in, okay? And so that's a really cool process. Now, we've talked about this whole thing of 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 empowering work, right? Well, right now I'm thinking about all my corporate people, my marketing people, my HR people who are going, but what about us? We built this beautiful intranet that now nobody's ever going to go to because they can get their work done over here. And I said, well, you know... Yes, you've built great content, and that's what SharePoint is, a great content management system. But there's no reason that we can't take the fact that you wrote a great news article, that you yeah. uh, that you updated a story about open enrollment, right, and then have that mentioned 
and displayed and displayed in the, team. in the teams, right, right? Where the individual workers are spending yeah. the majority of their time, yeah. right? So now you're sitting there working in teams because that's where all of your project work is done. Anyway, done all it. your documents are there. Keeps me out all of, email. of your LOB. You're <laughs> out of email because all our communications are happening yeah. there. And then an activity notification pops up and tells you, hey, open enrollment starts next week. Yep. Click here and and you can read more about it. Sure. Now, granted, you click there, it's going to take you to that page, right? But I'm giving you the option to context switch, but I'm also turning this into a push environment. I'm giving you a push notification. All right. So that's really cool. The last thing is this. What about our people who don't work at a desk, right? So information workers work at a desk all day long, right? Line of business workers work at a desk all day long because they're doing CRM or SAP or whatever. What about our people who say work at a refinery or are a truck driver or work in a warehouse sure. or are a CSR teller yeah. at, a, at a counter, right? They're not in applications all day long. They may not even have a computer. They may have a point of sale terminal. They may have something like that, but it's very purpose driven towards their, their work. Right. They're How in that we, one application. That's right. What How do we there. reach them? And the answer is, well, as I ask, I ask many people, how many people in your organization under the age of 30, right, that are working for a position do not have a smartphone? And the number yeah. is becoming vanishingly small. Yeah, yes, there are always exceptions, right? I'm not going to say... I haven't seen one lately. <laughs> but, but, but that's exactly my point. Yeah. Is I, I haven't seen... I mean, my 12-year-old's got a smartphone, okay? <laughs> my 17-year-old's had one for almost 10 years now, Okay. Um, she has an iPhone 10 now, so there you go. Wow, uh, I know. Get oh, a better phone than I do. Well, it's 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 pretty nice. I don't like the no home button. But the point is, millennials especially, and people are post millennial. My daughter's a post millennial, right? Whatever the next is called. Those those generations are people who they work on their phone all the time. Right. And they want information a, fast. And if you take a if you take a deskless worker, right? What what Microsoft calls a frontline worker now, right? If you look at them. And you say, how do I communicate with them? The answer is on that phone, yeah. right? But it needs to, once again, be contextual. And so we have, we, have, we have free tools that come with Office 365, like Staff Hub, which lets them... It's a great product. It's a great... Yeah. It is, it, it, it's free. It yeah. lets you set up teams. It lets, people, it lets people communicate with each other. It lets them see their schedule. It lets them clock in and clock out with geofencing yeah. now, which they added re- recently. It lets them go out and swap shifts or call in sick or request vacation, all with manager approval. That stuff is awesome, right? It also enables me to have links and to get content to people um, because it has a gr- an OP65 group behind the scenes. So that's powerful. But here's another new thing. Um, I was recently experimenting with, with uh, application tabs inside of Teams. And I discovered that when you load up the Teams app on your phone, you can still get to those application tabs. Right. And if you've written your tabbed application to have a responsive design, which you should be doing, right? For sure. Then it doesn't matter whether I'm on a desktop or whether I'm on a tablet or whether I'm on my phone. When I click on that that, that tab, whatever that functionality tab is, my application is going to run in that tab contextually. So going back to our, our example earlier, you're working on a project, you meet a person, Right? They give you a business card, and you go, oh, I want to make sure we capture this person's information. You can literally open up your phone, open up the Teams app, go to that team, click on the CRM tab, and write and add that contact right 
there in yep. the app. Right there in the app. Okay. Yep. If you really wanted to get cool, you could make your app know you're on a phone and maybe take a picture of the of the thing. There's yeah. things you could do it, it but but some just of that some just of that's actually built in. Yeah. Just the basic yeah. of I can now execute this app on my phone, on my tablet, on my desktop, whether I'm using the mobile app, the, the Teams desktop app, or the web app right. for Teams, I can get this almost the same experience in every case. This concept of one pane of glass, guess what? We just found it. Yeah, it's there. What do we have to do? We've got to change the way we think about how we're creating our internet. Our intranet is no longer going to be a place people go to. It's going to be where they work. We need to bring the intranet to them. And I think of it, you know, external sharing and some of the other stuff that we can do within that whole process, too. Um, when we get to, like, delivery um, in that same scenario that we were talking about, mm-hmm. can catapult all the way through. The opportunities created in CRM, that creates the channel, and then the channel's created once the statement of work is signed. Then yep. we've got that folder that's created, and our document library that's created under another channel or however, and then we can engage now and have an extra net view. That's exactly right. I can easily share with people outside my organization, and guess what? I've automated the front end of this process. I should automate the back end of this process too. Once my project is done, I should go out and identify those documents that I want to retain because they're contracts or deliverables, Sure. and they should be moved to a permanent SharePoint site, okay? Yeah. Not a team site, right? A permanent SharePoint site where they can be recordized, yep. where they can be highly taxonomically classified so they're easy to find in exactly. the future, right? And then that team channel, that project channel, maybe I keep it around yeah. for a couple of years, sure. but maybe I set it up to go ahead and automatically start disappearing after a period of time. Because I, you know, as I've asked people before, how valuable is the third week's project uh, status report on a project we completed three years ago? Yeah, sure. Eh, not very. Yep. Right. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Very so, cool stuff. so uh, I want to know, did you get a chance to go see Infinity War? I did. I did. Um, I what had... did you think? No spoilers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no spoilers. Uh, I, it's funny. My my son is really into that that movie, the characters and everything, and he's and, and as they have all these different movies, there there really are I think thirty two. There's three. I don't know how many movies they are that they made before Infinity War. So I, think was, I think it was seventeen. I think it was, seventeen. I think this was yes, 18, right. It was seventeen. Yeah. yeah, but my wife looked it up or whatever. But uh, my son was really disappointed at the ending. Um, you know, I had a little bit of tears in his eyes or whatever because he was worried about So I'm going to spoil it for anybody else. I will I will say this, and we're not spoiling it as well, but I, I will say I was impressed that Marvel and Disney were able to not let how that ended leak out every place. Yeah, really. Right. Think I about mean, it. Now, we, now, we saw it. I was shocked. We saw it the Saturday of opening weekend. Oh, wow. Okay. They're pretty crowded, I'm sure. Um, no, because we went like 1 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon. But uh, it was still reasonably crowded for one o'clock. But it was <laughs> it was fun, and it was great. we got to the very end. And my daughter is kind of like your son; she's just going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, oh my yeah. god!" And I'm laughing. I'm like the one person in the theater that's just <laughs> chuckling and laughing because it amused me what they did, and and everybody's kind of staring. What's wrong with that guy? And I'm going to myself, going, "It's this is genius. It's comic books, <laughs> yeah. okay." Yeah. Uh, and and my daughter was so, and I, I consoled her and I said, "Look, dear, it's comic." Okay, yeah. 
this is none of this is permanent. <laughs> okay, so that's all we're going to say about that because yeah. we don't want to spoil. Well, it I, I love how else. they they integrated a lot of the humor and everything into it with the Guardians of the Galaxy crew. And yes, all that. those guys and, are. And I give Josh Brolin a lot of credit for being Thanos. Yeah, he and 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 really, I tell you, that from a technology standpoint, the fact that we have our, our CGI has gotten so good now. That you don't even, you don't even know. think about him no. not actually being there. It's like the Hulk too. When you see the Hulk, yeah, you, you see yeah. The, you see these people, and you just don't even. You know, <laughs> or, well, well, but Peter Dinklage, right? Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're like you're like you, you. It doesn't even enter into yeah. your mind that this isn't, you know, completely natural sure. and normal and stuff like that. So that was cool. So I was going to tell you what what we've been doing. My yeah, wife, I, my, my wife is. Um, we love football. But we've kind of gotten, um, especially this last year, we've gotten a little out of sorts with the NFL, especially. Yeah. Lots of different reasons. It's up to fall at times. Well, you know, look, we're Dallas Cowboys fans, and having Ezekiel yeah. get suspended for six weeks and just coming off a great season and having a kind of an eh season, yeah. it's just tough. Um, but uh, I got her to sit down and watch season three of All or Nothing on Amazon Prime. And if you like football – you should really watch this show, okay? Season one was about the Cardinals. Season two is about the Rams. And season three is about the Cowboys. And what they do is they embed a film crew with these teams for the entire season. The entire season? The entire season. Eight episodes, right? And so each episode is roughly two regular season games. But they have cameras mounted in the meeting rooms. They, they, They follow the players home and talk to them. They, they, they follow wow. the coaches home and talk to them. Uh, they, they, are, they have uh, players mic'd up during practice. They have them yeah. mic'd up during the game. They've got, you know, they've got sideline cameras. These people are, while these guys are sitting there pumping each other up after a good player, a bad player, yeah. or, or, or changing, changing what they're trying to do on the, on the sidelines during the game. And you've got a camera watching it and you're able to hear all the conversations. If you're a football fan, it is as deep uh, an experience as you will ever get uh, without actually being in there. That is really, being, cool. I mean, I really, really feel. And, and I'll tell you, neither my wife or I are big Jerry Jones fans. I have said for years that Jerry Jones needs to be fired as the GM of the Cowboys. Yeah, he needs and, to move and on. Needs to move on, and, and, and you know, but it will never happen because he's the owner. You know, after watching this this last season, first off. He's, he's he's the GM. I'm using air quotes here, but but there's a there's a whole group of people that actually are making the decisions, and that's been happening over the last few years, and he's been getting better around that. But you watch him, and and you watch um, uh, Steve Kime with uh, Arizona, and, and you watch all these coaches, Bruce Arians, and yeah. and and uh, uh, Bruce uh, Arians, I love Bruce yeah, um, uh, Bidwell, uh, the guy who owns the the, the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals. Uh, they are amazingly good people. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you look at Jerry Jones, and you can just tell that he absolutely loves his players. He does. He does. Uh, and, and when he's a good businessman, too. He's a, he's a, he, it's all, you also get that, by the way, in watching this. Yeah. Every single thing he does, he is thinking about how it makes the Cowboys more valuable, the NFL more valuable. And at, that drives every decision. I mean, even how he holds a, 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 a can of Pepsi. <laughs> every, I mean, every little thing he does, he is he is playing the angles on that. Exactly, but but I mean, it is you know, it is an amazing thing to see. So, 
So, we come to the end of another episode. Yeah, an end. And actually, we'll be publishing a couple of them this weekend. We have a uh, another one that we recorded uh, several weeks back. Actually, yeah. I think it was three weeks ago. I think it was. I, think I, it got, was. Uh, I got sent off to Houston, so we'll get that one published as well. So, again, awesome. David, thank you. And uh, wonderful information about your perspective on where the Internet's going. And yeah. I really appreciate and it. And don't forget to follow us at Cloud Whisperers on Twitter. Yeah, Cloud right? Whisperers. And uh, follow us on, Sound, on SoundCloud. Cloud Whispers on SoundCloud as well. And we'll publish this out on LinkedIn and the other... And at some point, we're going to put it out on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. I want to get 10 episodes under the belt. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you.